difference between what it means to be good when you're trying to be epic. Uh, no, you don't gotta believe in me. Nothing can stop me. I already said it. I'm taking everything they stole from us. Yeah. You got your problems, I'm a whole nother. I'm giving people something to believe in. I'ma show them freedom like a bone cutter. We gon' fight back. Yeah. We breaking chains over here. Yeah. And you can stay over there. Stay. Cause this is revolution mixed with execution. We insane over here. Yeah. We taking over making. And welcome back, everyone, to its last call. Last call for the alcohol only on it is the Blue Wire Hustle Network. And uh, join me on the line, this man here, he'll be fighting once again. It will be January 20th, only on Showtime. He'll be taking on Yace Gabriel Solano in a super lightweight scrap. And, well, he's hoping this kicks off a very productive and very, uh, let's say, lucrative 2021 for this gentleman here. I give you once again all the way from Connecticut itself, East Hartford. I give you Mike Quan Williams. Uh, Mike Quan, start off here with it's you versus uh, Gabriel Solano. Let's ask a big question here. Uh, what do you know about him? What have you seen from him? Uh, what kind of fighter is he? But, but you know, but when you uh, sit down and you know see him on tape. Um, I don't know too much about the kid, the guy. Besides the basic stuff, um, and honestly, I don't really sit down and study my opponent's tapes like that, so I couldn't really tell you what I see when I uh, watch him. Um, I did watch a little bit of him. I'm not going to lie. I watched about two rounds, though, but I don't really watch too much of my opponents. Um, I know he's a southpaw. I know he um, he likes to try to land that big right hook all the time, um, things like that. I think we're about the same height. Um, we, I don't know too much about him, just the basic stuff. When you have a fight like this, when you have a guy, especially who's from Columbia, a guy who, you know, he has this record, how much, how tough is it figuring out how good he is when I'm guessing the two rounds you're looking going, okay. And I'm guessing it was from his American fight with Elias Arahu, but you're looking, okay, well, is this kid any good? Is he just taking on bums? Alex? He took on one guy who was always, you know, one in 35. I mean, how tough is it sometimes figuring out how good your opponents are when sometimes they're just fighting in places where it's like, okay, bum of a month club. Uh, I think that, that, that really, um, that um, you decide and, and, and figure things out when you're inside with, with the opponent, as far as knowing how good he is or uh, seeing how good he is. Um, I don't think, um, you know, like on paper, you should judge a fighter, but at the same time, like you said, he did fight people with you know records as of one in thirty-one or whatever the case was. Um, but we just have to see come fight night how how good he really is and you know how how everything goes. Let's start asking the bigger question: How excited are you just getting back in the ring after a whole year of basically being out because coronavirus shut down? A lot of promotions shut down a lot of boxing for a good amount of time. How happy are you just, you know, getting back in the ring and getting a paycheck? I'm excited. Real excited, especially to fight on a platform like this. Um, I was supposed to fight in early December or mid-December, rather, but that got canceled as well. So um, the op this opportunity came up and we jumped on it. So I'm real excited and um, I'm happy that it worked out this way. Because I was going to be fighting down in Mexico. Well, I'm happy that this opportunity presented itself, and, and we obviously took it. So I'm real excited. 
break down last year for me because I know for a lot of guys who were not with PBC or with top rank, it was literally you're you're going okay. When am I going to fight? What's going on here? I mean, after I'm guessing the first two months, how much, how often were you calling your manager, promoter, going, uh, what's going on? Is anything happening here? Is you hear any news? I mean, what's the what the hell? When am I going to fight next? Yeah, we were in touch with my promoter very, very often to see what was going on. Um, but yeah, it was you know, obviously nothing was was happening, but we just. You know, stayed in the gym, try to stay as sharp as possible, um, try to stay as focused as possible, and then just, just wait for the right opportunity and, you know, obviously for something to come up. It's funny, a lot of fighters talked to said the worst thing was when the first couple months, gym starts start, start shutting down, and all of a sudden you're like, okay, you got to find creative ways to work out. Otherwise, it's Netflix, it's eating junk food, it's having beers, and next thing you know, you're... 150 pounds or 180 pounds, you go, oh, crap, I'm, I'm a little fat little turd here. What did you do to avoid it? How tough was that just not going, okay, well, I have no fight, got some beers, get some pizza, watch Netflix. Next thing you know, it's like, oh, crap, I'm 160 pounds. No, nah, I was still working out during the whole pandemic. I was still staying busy, so I wasn't really worried about that. We were trying to stay, you know, in decent shape or some type of shape at least just in case something, you know, we got a call for something. But, yeah, I was still working out. Like, I was I was, I was, was training at my gym, but, you know, um, like, alone, you know what I mean? So no one was in there with me. So what is that like when you're training alone? Because most times you're in a gym, there's other guys working with you, or these guys can pull for sparring, or you have a coach. What was that like when it's like, okay, there's nobody here, so I'm just going to work out? Like, what did you do to sort of work out, you know, when there's nobody else? I mean, I like working out a little better than having, like, a crowded gym or a few people in there. I feel like working out alone just allows you to focus more and just, you know, get in the zone really much better and easier. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, doing a lot of cardio things, um, obviously bag work and things like that. Obviously, um, sparring wasn't, you know, taking place for a while because of the whole COVID thing, you know, being safe. But, um just, just like I said, just trying to stay in some um, decent shape. How tough was it not getting a paycheck, or how tough was it even just not having you know chance to make money from boxing? When, as you said, it was. I mean, you you last fought on June twenty first to, sorry, you last fought here. I'm looking around September of last year. So from. October on, I mean, till I fought, yeah, I fought in October, October 24th, I think, 23rd, 24th, I think that was my last fight, October 2019. So, I mean, from, yeah, so October 24th from now, how, how tough was that just not having a fight and going, okay, well, there was no fights, because usually you've been fighting, you know, pr- you know, three or four times a year. Yeah, I mean, as far as the money, the money, um, like financially, I wasn't. I'm not hurting. I wasn't. You know, all my bills getting paid and things like that. Everything's taken care of. But um, as far as not getting a paycheck from boxing, it's, you know, it's kind of like, damn, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not getting no money from boxing. But it is what it is. I mean, like I said, all my bills and everything's getting paid, so I wasn't really too, too uh, too upset about it. And the money gonna come anyways. You know what I mean? There's always ways to get money. So. 
how much worse was it just having everything put on hold in terms of momentum? Because I know that after the draw, you probably want to get back in the ring. Okay, well, I I had a crappy draw with Trayshawn Wiggins. Should have won that, but hey, I want to get back in the ring. You know, 2020 is going to be my year. And then how frustrating is it that last year when, like, the momentum stops? Now, all of a sudden, you're going, damn, you know, I, I, I'm wasting this year. This is a wasted year. What the hell's going on? Yeah, it sucked. Very frustrating. Like I said earlier, we were, we were um, in constant contact with my um, promoter to try to get some, but, um, you know, last year was just horrible as far as the COVID, but um, that's why this fight is very important. It's, that's why I'm so excited about it. Um, not only because of the platform, but just to get back in for, from such a long uh, layoff and from the draw as well to just prove myself and get the ball back rolling. If you're just tuning in, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking with Mike Quan Williams here. We'll be fighting once again on January 20th, only on Showtime. We're talking coronavirus, talking working out on the zone. We're talking momentum here. Take me to the draw, Williams uh, against Wiggins. Uh, what went right? What went wrong? Uh, what And what was your reaction when you heard that words split draw? And you're going, what the hell just happened here? Um. As far as what went wrong, I don't think too much went wrong. I think probably the first round or two, I probably started off a little slow. But then after that, I felt like the momentum shifted my way. And I was fighting the right fight, trying to get inside. And, you know, he was a taller opponent, taller guy, longer guy. And he was a lefty. So I was just trying to cut the distance, um, get inside, work the body, things like that. And I think I did that for five or six rounds easily to 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 be victorious, but it didn't go my way, obviously. How frustrating is it when you have that and it's like, okay, most people even I talked to said he should have won that fight. It should have been at least, at worst, maybe 78-74. And then you hear those scorecards, 77-75 and 76-76. I mean – how much of it is a gut punch when you're sitting there going, what are you guys watching? Like, what? Yeah, what it was, it's like, you know, and nothing happens to these judges. Almost, as you said, it's you you fight your fight, and yet these guys almost come up with bad scorecards. Nobody ever holds their feet to fire going, uh, what the hell were you watching? Yeah, I was frustrated at first. I was. I was real frustrated. But at the end of the day, you know, you, you just got to move on, learn from it. If you don't learn from it, it's it's pointless, but move on, learn from it, and just you only you're only as good as your last performance or last fight. So now you know, like I said earlier, going out to this fight is gonna be important for me to to showcase my skills and to put on a great performance to make up for for the draw. You mentioned before you had a fight lined up in Mexico. What happened with that? How much of that was also because of the coronavirus or because of? Um, visa issues because I'm guessing you were primed for that fight in December and then what happened? Like what what did they say was the reason why that fight got pulled out? I think the main reason was because of the COVID. There was probably some other reasons, but I, not that I, I don't know of. Um but I was real excited to get to get back in December. Um like I said, you know, been I've been on for a while. So anything that came up and we accepted, you know, we're excited for training towards but I the crazy thing is I found out the week before we flew out 
that it was canceled. So that was even like a, you know, that was even more like a bummer. I was real, real frustrated. But then we got this opportunity for Showtime or Showbox rather. Um, so it all, it all it all played out to be um, to be a good thing. Last two questions before I let you go. It's it's going to be a weird scene because all of a sudden now, as as most people have told me, it's you go in there, you fight, and as soon as you get in there, you're going to walk into a bubble. And when I mean bubble, I mean literally you go to your you, you go in, you stay in your room, you have your meals delivered to you. You can't literally leave the room unless you have to, I guess, work out for an hour, go back to the room, and then you weigh in. Uh, has anybody, you know, told you what it's like? And how much And how? How much do you look and go, oh, man, this kind of sucks, just not be able to, you know, have the freedom to walk around and do whatever you want to do? Um, I don't think I've I've had – well, no, I'm lying. There's, there's, a, there's another professional in my gym that's been in a bubble a few times. So he was kind of explaining to me a couple of things. Um, I mean, I don't really, to be honest, when, when it's fight week and things like that, I don't really, I, I stay in my room for the most part anyways. Um, as far as the eating and the, the training, that's definitely going to be different because you obviously have to do it in your room or something like that. And you said they bring you the food. So, um, that's going to be different. I can't just, you know, leave and go to a restaurant, but it's only a couple of days. The, the bigger picture is just to, you know, get the victory and put on a, a good performance. That's all. You talk about, as you said, talking to me, you said you learned a lot this past year about from each fight. One of the things I'm guessing is you want to get rid of this guy quickly. You want to start getting knockouts. Uh, how do you work on that? For somebody like yourself who you have a, you have a pretty, you have a, damn, you have a damn good jab, you press the action here. What are you and your team doing about maybe getting more knockouts, sitting on your punches, getting more power here? Especially when after the last fight, you're going, okay, I can't trust judges because they will might they might screw this up even in a bubble with no fans. That's how bad they are. Yeah, as far as the knockouts go, like going into fights, we don't really look for them. If they come, then you know we, we jump on it. But knockouts are always a bonus. Um, but as far as making it clear to the judges, we just gotta go out there and and just dominate, you know what I mean? We can't we can't um have any close rounds. Um, just completely like outclass my opponent and um, make it make it very clear that you know we're winning the rounds and then um, if the knockout comes then we'll take it but we're not really going in there um, looking for looking for the knockout and as far as the strength like I'm already strong you know what I mean it's just it's just like all of my opponents I've been in with I'm sure they felt my power I've hurt you know the ones that I didn't knock out, I'm I'm more than positive that I've I've hurt them, um, some point throughout the fight, um, but you know, it's about going out there, being smart, letting my hands go, and getting the victory. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, he'll be fighting. It's going to be only on Showtime, January twentieth. I give you it is the pride of Joy Beast Hartford. I give you Mike Quan Williams. Uh, Mike Quan, before I let you go, where can the fans check you out at? Where is the Twitter page, Instagram, the website? Where can fans contact you at? Yeah, I'm on. I'm on every every uh, social media platform. So Instagram is m mkw underscore. My Twitter is marvelous Mike with a Y M Y K E. Uh, Facebook is uh, Mike Quan Williams. 
So, yeah, I'm on all the platforms, all the social media. Mike Quan Williams, ladies and gentlemen, once again, we are proud to have him on the show, and we wish him well come January 20th. Uh, we come back, though. We got a whole lot more here, only on. It is last call. Last call with the alcohol, only on. It is the Blue Wire Hustle Network. with the alcohol only on it is the blue wire hustle network and well earlier we had on well we have nestor gibbs warming up in a bullpen i got a surprise guest can't tell who it is yet but well joining me here on the line this man will be in action once again it's a quick turnaround but well he wants to get back into uh, the the biggest the thick of things at super middleweight he'll be taking on jose armando resendez on January 30th, PBC on Fox. Well, he aims to take away this kid's undefeated record. I give you, once again, all the way from Upper Marlboro, Maryland. I give you, it's uh, Sly Aza. I give you Alantes Fox. Uh, Alantes, let's we'll start off here with you, Armando Resendez, uh, PBC on Fox. Why this fight? Why did you agree to a fight on incredibly short notice? Well, I mean, you know, we're always in the gym training, so it's not going to be too B ready for uh, opportunity like that. The only thing about this is I have to make sure I get cleared from California because I, I did suffer a cut my last fight. So we'll see how that goes. But they may push it back. They may not, but we'll see. So let's start off here about fights like this. Usually, it's, you know, if it was this last year, you wouldn't have brought because also you hear the cut, you're all set, you go to fly. With COVID and everything, how much tougher is it now where – you have to keep distancing. You have to, you know, wear masks. You have to be in the gym at certain times. You can't have too many people. I mean, how much have you had, you and your team had to sort of bend things, you know, bend over backwards just to meet requirements so that you can actually train? I mean, it's actually, it's, it's more annoying than anything. I mean, all the testing and stuff like that. You know, like you said, scheduling, uh, scheduling meals, you know, having three meals a day and being in a hotel all day, you, you kind of get some cabin fever. You know what I mean? That's 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 the I think that's the thick of it. I mean, I don't believe that uh, it's it's hurting me too much. Like it does hurt a little bit to work out, but I mean, what you what you got to do what you got to do. You, you work out in your room, and then go down to the uh, go down to the workout room when you actually came. So I mean, other than that, I mean, it's not really it's not really as bad as you know you might think, but it is quite annoying. 
I was going to say, I don't mean to just make it sound bad, but is it just awkward for you at times when you do these fights where usually you can go, you know, you can walk around. If you feel like you need to just take a break, you take a break, go to a movie, do something fight week. And now because right. of, you're in your room almost until you have to, unless you have to eat three times a day and train and you're, you're restricted to your room because of all this. That's the biggest thing. I think the, the restrictions to my room is, uh, I guess, the most all because, I mean, we, you know, we, as many times, we might not go to the workout room, but go and just train outside because it's warm enough outside to get me, to get me working, you know, and it's just a nice day. Like, it was it was pretty nice in, in L.A. Uh, last year. You know, but, I mean, I didn't get to see outside basically until weigh-in day, and then again, and the weigh-in day was only about 15 minutes. And then again on fight day where I walked to the van, then to the venue, then back to the van, and back to the hotel, you know what I mean? It's not really... It's, it's like I said, it's just more annoying. Like, you, you get more cabin fever than anything. I was ready to go home just because I can't do anything. I can't go out to be be in, be in anything other than the place I have to be. Take me back to your last fight, you versus uh, Mark Anthony Hernandez. Uh, your name is Decision Victory. In your mind, what went right? Did anything go wrong? And at what point did you realize that? You had this fight in the back, but you unless you did something, unless something wonky happened, there was nothing he could do to prevent you from winning. Uh, so uh, if I was speaking of what went wrong first and foremost, I mean, I definitely started off, I believe, fighting improperly. I mean, the first round I did start off with my jab and everything, but I was allowing him to close that distance more than I needed to. And I think uh, Sean Porter testament saying, you know, uh, he, he, he thought maybe. I didn't know whether or not I would be in shape enough to keep moving and continue to move. But the thing is, I knew I, I knew I could. It's just I didn't think I needed to. I guess uh, the next thing would be what went right is once I made the adjustment to start moving and stay on my jab. Oh, I'm sorry. Before I get to that, the, the biggest wrong wrong thing was um when we smashed heads and I had this cut over my eye. That was a terrible cut in a terrible place. And I mean, it automatically put me on my it automatically put me on my toes, like, okay, let's make sure I don't get touched anymore. I need to get back to the corner, make sure they can touch it up and close it, and I won't get touched anymore. I'm going to make sure I don't get touched anymore and make sure it doesn't open my up for them to stop it, you know. And then I guess, like I said, me getting – me me under that impression made me box like I need like I needed to, you know, just be on the move and work on my jab and touch them a little bit more than I needed to. I'm going to touch them a little bit more than he, he wanted me to. But – uh. You know, I, I pretty much knew I had it in the bag. After about after about six or seven, I pretty much knew. Okay, I, I got I got enough gas to do this, and, and keep me. He's not he's not throwing anything wild enough to touch me for real. Uh, any any of the big shots that he may have thrown were uh, were they were, they were missing me. So I was like, so I just figured them. You know, if I keep doing this, it's, it's no way they can take this fight from me. You know, I, I, last time we were in California with my brother. Uh, my brother, he he, uh, well, he he strayed, I guess, from the boxing, you know, kind of, kind you know, kind of, kind of sort of at uh, at the request of my father, you know, but he, he strayed away from the boxing, and they didn't they didn't give him the decision, so I was a little worried that maybe maybe boxing like I'm boxing, they might not give me the decision, but there we are, you know, decision victory. How tough is it also when you have a guy like Hernandez who he's double tough. He's awkward as hell, and he's he charges in at times. He'll throw wild, he'll throw wild shots or unconventional 
punches. It doesn't land, but he's also just banging in there and he's literally making it awkward. I mean, it, out to, is it was that part of the reason times you felt like you had to maybe be a little bit concerned because, as you said, he got cut because of a clash of heads. And because of his style, you don't want to have that happen again or get another, you know, cut over another eye. Next thing you know, he, all it takes is just one bad referee, one bad judge, and they could go, oh, yeah, he got knocked out because he got cut by a punch, TKO loss. I mean, yeah, so this this is the thing, too, going back to the fight. I mean, I, I, I really was responsible for that head, but to be honest with you, I mean, I um, I mean, let me say this. We, we take equal, we had to say equal blame. Uh, I was in there chasing a, chasing this right body shot. I, I landed the right body shot maybe a round or two earlier. And I kept landing that same right body shot. And I could feel that it was landing really good. So I went to go get it again. I heard him. He backed up to the ropes. I was going to go after it one more time. And when I went to when I went to land that body shot, he dipped his head down. And I, I went in with my body shot. And that's how that's how it ended up. That's how I ended up cut. Um, I don't think uh, I, I didn't think he was that awkward. I think I think my style and the way I box made him have to uh, be more awkward, be more aggressive, be a little bit more uh, a little more adamant about getting there. You know, because when I watch when I watched him against some other people, he seemed to box a little better. You know, what I mean, he seemed to. I, and he even said at the end of the fight that he changed his style. He said, I had to change my whole style, man. When you were moving and using your jab, man. I, I never fight like that. I never have to. I never had to chase anybody like that. I never try to catch anybody, catch up anybody like that. You know, so I think that was a. I think that was the biggest thing that made it look awkward. I mean, you know, it was me. It was my style, and then it made him look awkward more so. Once again, if you're if you're just tuning in, we got Lantez Fox here on the show. We're talking all things, of course. His last big win on December 26th. We're talking COVID. We're talking the bubble. Let's move on to your opponent, uh, Jose Armando Resendez Garcia. He's one of those new, you know, prospects that PBC has signed. They have high hopes for him. He's eleven and zero with eight knockouts. Has not right. faced anybody you can argue, but it's even close to anybody you fought, even winning record. Uh, how tough is it figuring out how good he is when you look at the record? You look at the tape, and it's like, okay, is he that good, or is he just taking on guys who really are terrible? Well, I actually personally, I I haven't looked at um I haven't looked at his record or looked at any of his uh, tape yet. You know, I think um I've been more so concentrating on how I'm going to box because I know if I box a specific way, then it, it's going to garner uh, uh, a specific reaction from my opponents. If I'm boxing, uh, using my length and making making people miss moving the entire time, they have to come forward. So regardless of who he's fought, he's never fought a six-five person moving with, you know, with a good jab like me. When you have a guy, as you said, when you have a guy like that, is there also, and you know he's young, and you know he hasn't done any of this here. Does that change how you attack him? I mean, do you do you drag him in deep water, try to drown him, or do you jump on him really early and make him realize, okay, this is the big time. You know, this is not some, you know, showed Mexico. This isn't some prospect. You're now in there with a top, you know, 15, top 10 super middleweight who can't take you out. How do you attack a guy like this? Um, like I said, I think I, I think I attack him the same way as anybody else. I mean, they have they have to they, you uh, man this height, they have to come after me. And so w- with him, I mean, I, I'm in it for the long run. I'm in it for the long game. Any anything that ends earlier than that, that's fine. It's you know, it's a bonus. But 
but I'm, I'm there to fight the entire 12 rounds and 15 if they need me to. So I get in shape and make sure I'm 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 there for the complete 12 rounds. You know what I'm saying? And from from bell to bell, uh, every round, I'm gonna be on my toes in boxing. And that's that's gonna be with anybody, not just rescindants. We I know we when we first met talked to you, you talked to you, we were it was right before the Andre fight. And after the Andre fight, I know that you said, hey, you know, it's not a big deal. I, I broke my hand first round, couldn't do anything here. And a lot of people forgave you because, as I said, it was a big jump up. After the Williams fight, and trust, and I looked at what looked at that fight, tough guy in his backyard, a lot of things happened there. How much do you start realizing, like, who was on for the ride, who was not, who are your true friends? Because this is boxing. Every, after every loss, people will either overreact or they'll just go, eh. How much do you I mean, learn about who is Team Fox after both the Andre loss and the Williams loss? Well, so far I haven't had anybody. I haven't really had anybody in my in my circle just belly up and just say, "No, I'm I'm done. I'm done with I'm done with you. Just quit on me." You know, what I mean, all of my all of the people I call friend or call you know close court or, or even my trainers and everything. We all we all know, you know, what went down and each those fights. And I mean. Excuse aside, I mean things, you know, things definitely could have went differently, you know. But the bottom line is, there are there were legitimate reasons for both uh, for both losses. So I mean, they know they all they 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 still have faith in me and still keep their faith in me to go and do something big when when it's time, you know. And uh, just flip a coin on on those particular instances, we just weren't able to weren't able to uh, to to execute what we need to execute. Personal question, just a little quick one. Do you ever, you know, a lot of these fights are, you've gone places. And as I said, you're a kid from Upper Marlboro. You've traveled the world. You've been to Santo Domingo. You've been to Puerto Rico. You fought in, in over in England in Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park in Hackney Wick. When you in these places, is there ever a moment where you just enjoy the moment? You know, as I said, most people don't never leave, you know, their own backyard, let alone their state. And here you are. You fought in three different places, in one pl- two places which are boxing hotbeds, Puerto Rico and England. Do you ever get those, the chance to just enjoy the moment and you know think, I never saw this coming. I was growing up. I never thought I'd be fighting for a world title in England or Puerto Rico or other places. I think my father uh, makes sure we enjoy. Or, or make sure that we know that you know boxing has taken us incredible places. You know what I'm saying? We we get to we get to actually train on the beach and stuff like that. We went to Puerto Rico. You know, we actually went and did uh we went and did some some training on the beach while it was hot out there. My son was shooting and everything. You know, we had some fun and did a <laughs> did a a, a, a Rocky throw a throwback. You know, a, a callback to Rocky. You know, when he when he ran on the uh, on the on the beach with Apollo stuff like that. You know, so the entire moment. Is to be enjoyed. I guess. The, I mean, I guess when it, when I'm going, when I'm going out to fight personally, it's uh, it's like okay, well, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna do this so much. Like I'm in the gym. I mean, I'm, I'm in the I'm in the hotel room. I'm in the fight venues. I'm in the weigh-in room, and or you know, I'm, I'm in the place I need to be. I'm in the place mandated for me, you know. But still, I think um, my father makes sure let me know he's a bro. Make sure you take the time to realize where boxing is taking you, you know, and. Like you said, when I look back, I have been to some some amazing places. 
and I, I do I do enjoy every time I go out. As you said, now, actually, actually, with- actually, actually, in Puerto Rico, uh, my father made sure we rode jet skis for my first time in my life. It all starts, as you mentioned, January 30th. It's you versus Jose Armando Resendez. It's a new weight division. It's one, It's super middleweight. Mm-hmm. That's what it says in the program, at least. Don't hold me to it. But is now that you're at a different weight class, now that it seems like you're going up and you have more, you, know, you put on more muscle, you put on more weight, how much do you feel more invigorated? Just because you no longer have to worry about starving yourself. And at six foot four, one sixty, you're probably doing that. Now at one sixty eight, it's at least a couple extra pounds you can play around with in terms of strength and conditioning. You know, new nutritional things, new things. Not having to worry about you know being drained at weight. I mean, how much? How much is this for you? A, a whole new beginning. Uh, I feel like it's just. I, I definitely, I definitely do like the fact that I have uh, a little, a little comfort, a little, you know, a little space for comfort, you know, a little room for comfort. But I mean, it's always gonna be the same mission. I'm here to, to work, to box my ass off, and to, and to go for a world championship. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not, I'm not here to, you know, get a short end of the stick, man. We, I'm, I'm about to be 29 this year, and you know, I like to make a, I like to make a mark in the world before I'm 30. Or at least when I'm 30. By the time I'm 30, I want to, I want people to know who I am. I want to be known, you know, throughout throughout the world. Not even not just not just throughout the states, throughout the world. I want people to know that you know, Alonso Slide Fox is he's a pretty he's a pretty good boxer, you know. So I think um, you know, once again right now is gonna make it's gonna help me to make that mark. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, we are proud to have on the show, which none other than Alantes Fox. Uh, Alantes, before I let you go, where can fans check you out? Where's the Twitter page, Instagram, the website? Where can fans I'm on, you? I'm on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. It's, it's Sly the Fox. That's S L Y A Z A F O X. I normally accept, I accept, I accept basically all phone questions. I, you know, I typically try to follow back most of the people. You know, if, if you if you follow me on Instagram or Twitter, I will try to follow you back. If you reply, if you if you comment or reply to my tweets or my posts, I will try to comment and reply. You know, I, I try to be a man of the people. So if you can, uh, if you can follow me, like I said, it's Sly the Fox, S L Y A Z A F O X. Lantes Fox, ladies and gentlemen, once again, we're proud to have him on the show. Uh, we come back for we got a whole lot more. Only on it is. Last call. Last call with the alcohol only on the Blue Water Hustle Network. Welcome back, everyone, to its last call. Last call with the alcohol only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. Now, 
Earlier on, we had Lantez Fox will be fighting once again PBC on Fox on January 30th. Very excited to see, see him back in action. We had Mike Juan Williams will be fighting only on Showbox New Generation January 20th on a special Wednesday show. I'm looking forward to that fight a whole lot more. But now, join me on the line. This man here, well, he was the hottest free agent on the market until PFL scooped him up. And a lot of people say he might be now the guy who, well, hopefully will get a whole lot more richer come 2021. I give you former WEC champion, former UFC champion, I give you a Showtime himself. I give you Anthony Pettis. Uh, Anthony, a lot of companies wanted you. A lot of people wanted you to resign. A lot of people wanted to sign you. In the end, PFL got your services. Uh, what was it about them? I mean, what was it about the million-dollar, I guess, uh, tournament you know, win that made you go, you know what, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to hitch my wagon with the PFL? Yeah, the uh, PFL, um, you know, they they approached me with a with the amazing offer, you know, and also an opportunity to become a champion in twelve months. You know, that's what I'm looking to do. Um, you know, in the UFC and other organizations, you know, a lot of politics go into who becomes a champion, who gets the title shots. And for me, it was a, uh, you know, my objective is to be a champion in this sport. So um, yeah, you know, the offer they gave me, the opportunity they given me, and um, the the option to fight four times next year was exactly what I'm looking for. Take me to the tournament bowl. I mean, how tough is it now preparing for, you might have to fight twice in a night, which means you have to avoid getting cut, avoid getting injured, avoid getting nicked, or else you might have to forfeit your fight. Is there any plan to have for you to change your style so that you can maybe just win in advance? You know, don't get hurt, don't get injured, and just keep winning so that you can get to that final million dollar fight. Well, this year, they're not doing the two fights in one night. They're going to be doing just four four fights, uh, two two regular season fights, one playoffs, and then one championship fight. Um, this this organization doesn't allow, allow elbows, so that's going to be uh, something that i got to prepare for. Um, you know, elbows are a part of my game and something I've been doing pretty much my whole career. Um, so, you know, this this year already, we're, we're starting to transition our training a little bit into, you know, not using the elbows. And, um, you know, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting to, to see how it goes without that. Was there ever, I, mean, I know that, you know, as you said, you enjoy being busy and everything. Were there other, any other offers though that you considered? Because as we said, you're the big free agent. I know Bellator wanted you. I know 1FC wanted you. They probably both gave you big offers. Was there, you know, was there ever consideration of going someplace else just because you could dictate terms? As a free agent, you could probably dictate what you wanted, where you wanted it, because you have a name and you bring eyeballs to the table. Yeah, you know, we did, we did, uh, you know, I was, it was, it was crazy because I was a free agent probably for a weekend. You know, I think we got announced my uh, free agency. I went out to Miami. I was with my daughter, my, my uh, agent's out in Miami. You know, so the first day we got to the office, um, we kind of just, I told him what I was looking for, um, what I wanted to, to do next year, where, where I wanted to be at. Um, and then we kind of just went to the offers that, uh, you know, that were given to me. And, um, you know, the, the PFL came off, you know, they, they, they approached me as like a partnership, not more as like I was an employee or I was like going to be, you know, fighting for them under their terms. They, they, they asked me what I wanted, um, what were my, what, what, what were my goals, what do I, what do I want to accomplish? And then obviously the style, the, the tournament format, you know, to be, be able to become a champion in 12 months was something that drew me towards the PFL. But there were, I mean, I had a lot of offers. But uh, the PFL was like the one that just actually stood out to me. And my my brother's over at Bellator. He's about to get a, a title shot, you know. And I felt like um, that's something I want him to be able to do. You know, have his own name, have his own shine, have his own uh, you know, his his own place to to call home. And and I think it's a 
it, it was the right call for me. Speaking of your brother, did it help with your free agency that you saw what he went through? You know, you, it helped you understand, okay, you know what? This isn't scary. This is exciting. There will be people, you know, who want me. I mean, most fighters, you know, don't want to go for agency. They just want to, you know, re-sign, re-up. Did it help that you had firsthand knowledge of what to expect and what was out there? Yeah, I mean, that definitely helped a little bit. You know, I think, um, you know, me, I, I kind of got my brother's, you know, career and, like, give him advice on, on mistakes I made. Um, you know, the, the offer that he got from Bellator um, and his free agency kind of has was the last fight on his contract. And then all of a sudden UFC comes back to renegotiate. And then we're like, man, let's just, let's just see what else is out there. And this is like, this is, this is the beginning of 2020. So like before pre COVID um, and then, you know, he, he goes in, he signs his contract, has an amazing performance, his first fight. And then, uh, you know, COVID hits. And for me, it was like, I had two fights left on my UFC contract. I'm like, yo, I gotta make a decision now. Like what, what what's, what's going to happen next? I think, I think COVID honestly made all of us just like slow down in life and, you know, figure out exactly what, uh, what matters. And I, and I, that's what I did that year. You know, I did a lot of soul searching, um, a lot of like, uh, just mental growth. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was like, it's just time, you know, I, I've been with the UFC for 12 years. Uh, I mean, well, under the Zufa flag, um, WEC and then UFC, I've been there over there for 12 years and I'm just like, I've done everything I could over there and I fought everybody. I fought the big names. I mean, it's kind of like, I was looking for, I was look, I was on this path of like looking for that next, like big, big I don't even know what to even call it the big excitement or you know, big payoff and I'm fighting Wonder Boy at, at 170 pounds you know going down 145 pounds fighting Max Holloway um, I was just like you know I'm, I'm kind of I gotta I gotta take my time and figure out a real path and like you know now now that I know like this year I already know when my fights are gonna be I know when I gotta cut weight it's a little more structured in my life and it feels good something that doesn't get brought up enough and I, I want to bring it to you here uh it's been a challenging year because of COVID. I'm guessing it's been yeah. tough for you both in some ways because you're the face of Rufus Sport. You're the face of it all through the gym. And as, you know, one of the leaders, and even as some will say, one of the, you know, the un, basically unnamed, but, you know, coaches. There's a lot of guys who look up to you, but, you know, your brother, Rafion Stotts, uh, Emmanuel Sanchez, all these young guys here. How, how tough was it for you having to sometimes – put on, you know, the confident face, putting on, you know, these keeping going to work and then inside you're going, oh, crap, oh, crap, what the hell's going on here? You know, will we, will we <laughs> fight next? What's going on here? Will I get a paycheck? What's going on with my family? How terrifying was this for you? But it's still, you know, tough because you're the leader. you got to be, you know, the guy saying, all right, we're going to get through this. Yeah, I think I took that rule very well last year. You know, I was I was the first fight uh, back from COVID with Cowboys Cerrone. I took that fight on like 20 days notice. And then this last fight, I took it on, uh, you know, 21 days notice. I think I had three weeks notice on my last fight. So, like, the, my whole mindset last year was just stay ready because you never know what's going to happen. You don't know what, what opportunities were going to pop up. And I think, uh, like you said, you know, our team, the team does look up to me. They look at what I'm doing. They look at how I'm, how I'm reacting. And I, and I know that. So, I, I kind of, like, I had to keep my cool, man, even with my gyms. Because, you know, I own gyms and I own, I own a barbershop here in Milwaukee. You know, everything was at, at stake. You know, everything, everything. Everything was at stake with this with this COVID you know, shutdown, and um, it just made me do a lot of a lot of soul searching. You know, like what, what really matters? What um what what direction do I want to get my energy into? Um, and uh, you know, I just, I just I had to keep that poker face on for the team. But just like you said, you know, that's a great question. But like, uh, you know, I had I had to keep that poker face on to show these guys, like you know, there still is opportunity here. 
Um, and actually, I had a great last year. You know, I finished the year with, uh, you know, two wins and, uh, and I signed an amazing contract and I have a, a great, you know, looking, looking forward to a great 2021. Take me back to the last fight, the, the fight between you and Alex Morono. And a side note here, we had Morono on before the year of the fight. And he said, this is my life changing fight. I beat Anthony Pettis. Everybody knows me. What is that like now when you're fighting opponents and they, you know, it's no longer you're a young kid here who's looking, you know, who's making a name. You're the established superstar. But this guy is going, hey, I, I watched Anthony Pettis. I, you know, I saw his fights. I got into MMA because of it. So that kick with Benson Henderson, that made me want to do this. Is it weird now when you're facing some of these guys like Morono and it's like, oh, crow, I didn't know I could maybe get to this here. Is it weird facing guys who look at you with a, a respect sort of worship? It is, man. Honestly, you know, like I, I was that, I, but I was that kid. You know, I was that kid looking up to like when I, I remember when I fought Ben Henderson and hearing his walkout song and his, in his hometown, his, you know, the family was going, his his crowd was going crazy, and I was watching him like on my on my uprise into the WC. Um, it, it's crazy to uh, like even when I <laughs> the funny stories when I hit Morono with that spin hook kick, and uh, you know he he la he dude's tough tough as nails. You know, like, he lasted from that spin hook kick, and I'm like grounding upon him. He's like damn, man, what'd you hit me with? And I'm like, oh, it was a spin hook kick, bro. Like, thank you for taking the fight. And then, like, right after that, he's like, bro, I'm the biggest, I'm your biggest fan. And it's like, uh, it's, it's, I, I, he's like, I've been watching you since I, since I was a kid. I'm like, man, I feel old. And I'm only 33 <laughs> years old. I'm like, damn. I'm like, I, I didn't know I was that old, you know? But uh, it, it's, it's, it's cool. You know, I accept that role. I think, you know, what I've done in this sport and what I, what I, what I was able to accomplish in the last, you know, 12 years with the Zufa is, is, is it's pretty amazing, honestly. You know, going for that, that, the WC title to the UFC title and going in three different weight classes. And, uh, you know, when you're in the trenches, you don't really have time to sit back and look at your body of work. But, you know, last year was, was my time to do that. You know, I went through all my fights. I'm like, man, I've, I'm a crazy dude. You know, I was, I was just all over the place fighting everybody. If you're just tuning in, once again, we've got Anthony Showtime Pettis on the show. We're talking all things, of course, about uh, PFL. We're talking Morono fight. We're talking covid we had on Ricardo Lamas last year. He said, if it gets to a point where you don't hate the sport, but you get tired because it's just the constant grind, the constant injuries, you know, but, and fans don't see when your wife is, you know, carrying upstairs because your legs are basically sore from getting leg kicked or you have to have somebody help you out of bed because your back's, you know, sore from getting you twisted into a pretzel. How do you keep the love? How do you keep yeah. the passion when – it's a brutal sport. It's not like you're making $20 million. You're not, you're making a fraction of that. And yet you take more damage than any other athlete. Yeah, it's hard, bro. Honestly, like make it like, like there, there, there does come times where I'm just looking at it like, damn, is this, is it really worth it? You know, like even right now, you know, I'm, I'm at, I'm sledding with my daughter and my niece in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, on top of the hill and walking up the hill. I'm like, damn, my heel hurts and my ankle and my ribs. And it's like, it's, it's a crazy sport, man. But you know, the, um, the high I get from winning is, is like no other, you know, like that's, that's what it's all for. You know, it's like the, it's like the, um, a feeling that you can't, I can't even explain, you know, when you, when you put all this work into to training camp, you have your coaches with you. My, uh, for me, it's my brother. Like I have a really a close knit crew that, um, you know, when, when we get them accomplishments, it just feels like the highest high, you know, and that's, that's what I'm addicted to that feeling right there. That's why I take the big fights and I take, you know, the risk and the, op the, the, doing crazy moves in there like that that this this feeling of winning and like the couple weeks afterwards of like what's next and what are the possibilities you know i'm, I'm addicted to that so i you know I, I drive from that honestly is that that opportunity to to do something that no one's ever done before let's talk about the uh, the, 
there's two families here. Let's talk about the roof of sport family. Uh, Rafael Stotts, undefeated. Uh, Manuel Sanchez, one fight away from, you know, possibly winning not only the lightweight but featherweight title belt or your brother. Now be challenging for the Bell Bellator title. You have other guys who are in the UFC here. As I said, we've all given you credit as a guy who helps them, a guy who will train with them. You'll show them new moves. You'll work on their jujitsu, their striking gear. You're basically the de facto, you know, player coach. How nice is it seeing all these guys develop and knowing I started this year. This is, you know, this is my baby. It's my my, my let's call it my second son or my third daughter here. This is my baby that's growing up and watching all these guys become champions after all, you know, because I helped them grow in a sense. Oh, it's amazing, man. Honestly, like, like last, like, like I mean, for a great example, Sergio, my little brother, he was able to buy a beautiful house here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I um, mean, you know, I helped him out with that process of like, you know, go, going to get the house. Obviously, the money he made from fighting to buy the house, Rocky on Stotts had probably the best Christmas of his life last year, this last Christmas. And I always joke with him, like, yo, you're Santa Claus this year, man. Like, how does it feel? And he's like, man, it was amazing. And I remember, like, last year talking to Rafi, I'm like, yo, take your time. You know, like, don't don't get, like, too too excited about what's what's coming next. And, like, like kind of, like, just that having patience. And when it's, when it's supposed to happen, it's going to happen. And Manny Sanchez just went to Cancun, Mexico, just last two weeks ago for the first time, you know. And, and he's, he's Mexican, but he's never been on that side of the Mexico. Oh uh, man, that feels good, honestly. You know, to, to know that um, these guys are looking up to me and they're they're you know they take my advice, and that's the, that's the biggest thing is like, yo, just literally show up. If you show up and you're part of that 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 group, um, it's just it's magic, you know. And, that, and that's another thing that keeps me going. You know, when I go into that practice room, I got some hungry guys in there. You know, and there's there's a, another group of younger guys that are coming up that are gonna be right in the top as well. But um, it's it kind of just it, everybody just feeds off of each other. That energy, then we're all we're all in there to make each other better and. For me, it's like seeing, seeing them things outside the octagon, seeing them buy houses and taking care of their kids and being able to have the best Christmas ever. That's that shit's amazing. It's a tough job, though, because as you said, you're a fighter, you're a coach, you're a husband, you're a father. Uh, these are four jobs that take a lot of effort. Yeah. And how tough is it sometimes for you going, okay, I, I can't miss this, I can't miss that. My daughter's birthday, my daughter's dance recital, but I got, you know, corner of this guy here. I got a tournament, you know, but it's the wife's anniversary. I mean, how tough is it making time for everybody so that one doesn't suffer because of the other three? Yeah, I, I think this year uh, taught me this, like, when, when you're present, like, um, you know, when, whatever I'm doing, if I'm dead, dead for the moment, if I'm being the husband, if I'm being the coach, being 100% present in the moments and not, like, having 10 things on your mind, like, not distract, not being distracted, like, being there but being distracted. Um, you know, that, that's something I've been really focusing on. Like when it's, when it's daddy time, it's daddy time. When it's, when it's coaching time and fighter time, like I'm really, really being conscious of making sure my mind's in there and getting the quality time and the quality for, for training, quality reps um, and focusing on that. Like my last camp is kind of weird. You know, I didn't, I didn't judge myself off of my physical performance. I was judging myself and keeping notes on my mental performance. Like when was I breaking? What was the thought that made me break? How long did I take to get myself back in that training room? And keeping track of that, I felt that I had the most growth as an athlete. It's crazy. It's like a mental thing, but like I, 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 I was able to bring myself back to the training room, to the training session, um, to the strength and conditioning session mentally, because like, you know, I think a lot of fighters do this and they don't even realize, you know, we're thinking about how we can pay bills. Um, my daughters, you know, like, all of us have family, all of us have, have, have lives outside the octagon. 
But if you're training and you're in a camp and you've done it so many times and all of a sudden, like, for you know, you have a thought in your head that's like, you know, I got this to do after practice. And then during that practice, your mind shifts off and you're like, 20 minutes go by and you're like, God damn, my body was just on autopilot. You're not getting better in that, that during that time. So that's what I really judged myself in my last camp. It's like, yo, bring myself back present. What thoughts make me leave that, leave that training room? And how can I like, and without, without like being mad at myself, like more like curiosity, like what, where, where was my, my train of thought broken? Where was my concentration broken? And I think that's what uh, impressed me the biggest in my last fight. You know, like that first round, I, I faced a lot of adversity. You know, he hit me in the face. I was bleeding. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, oh shit, here is happening again. And like, I, I I talked myself back into the octagon. You know, I wasn't letting my hot, my head just go off and like, yo, this is the RDA fight. This is the Alvarez fight. This is you know all these other things that happened in my past. Like, yo, this is a whole new a whole new round about to happen. Let's let's get it, pull pull yourself back together. And let's get this thing done. And I, I think um, that was the thing that impressed me the, the most about myself was like being able to bring myself back present. I know I went off on a crazy. Uh, mindset thing, but you know, it, was, it was that question led into that kind of. Leads me to my last question here, and uh, you, you probably heard of it because you, you are a football fan in a sense. Tom Brady saying, "I'm better now than I was younger because I now have the answers to a test. I know everything comes more clear." I saw that with the Thompson fight. You know, even though he's backing up and backing you up, it's almost like you're setting him up. You land a Superman punch, and it's like, all right, it, it's, it was almost like you felt. I know what to do because it's been, I've ha- seen this happen. I've been through this wars before. I know what's going on. How much does it help after all this stuff? It, you know, for you, it's like, I, you're no longer shocked. Nothing can phase you including this tournament, including everything, because you have the answers to the test. You know what to do when the right time comes up or when the wrong time comes up. So. Yeah, that's the match. That's that's exactly how it went. I mean, that, in that Wonder Boy fight, like we knew, I knew what the game plan was. Obviously, like, the outside fans didn't know what I was doing. You know, I was I was low kicking him to get his stance to come closer together. And a guy that's in a super wide karate stance, it's really hard to hit him because they have the ability to pull out without moving their feet. And he was a lot longer than me. But by low kicking him, I got his stance narrower, and you can't take a punch in that stance. So I was literally waiting for that one second for him to to make that mistake. When he did a, he did like a deep side kick, and I parried it, and I used the cage just to like propel myself further. Um, but he was in a position where he couldn't take a punch. And that's what we were looking for that whole fight. And I, and I, I did hit, get hit in the face. You know, like his reach was crazy long. And you know, I, got, I, got, I had a bloody nose. But that whole time, you know, I, I never even broke in that fight. I knew exactly what I was looking for. Um, and it, that's, that's like the beauty of it. Like Duke told me how to beat Wonder Boy. And, you know, and I was just waiting for that moment. And I believed, I 100% believed in that game plan. I 100% believed in my ability to, to, to do it. And when that happens like that, man, it's, just the, it's the craziest, the highest high. Um, and that's what we're looking for. You know, I think like, like you said, like there's nothing that can really surprise me as far as opponents. Like I fought sure. everybody. I fought every style, the tough wrestlers, the, the traditional martial artists. Um, so yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, once, once you, once you get to that point in your career, it's about just being mentally present and having the, uh, the, the minds, the right mindset in there. And that's, that's all that really matters. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, I am, we are proud to have on the show. It's uh showtime himself, Anthony Pettis, and he'll be fighting this coming year only on the PFL. We're looking forward to seeing him in action. Well, I hope, wish him well, well, sir. And I'm betting that he'll take home a million dollar prize, but we got to wrap this up. Uh, so, once again, for Mike Juan Williams, for Alantez Fox, for Anthony Pettis, this is Chris Connor saying, I'm out of here, everyone. Have a wonderful weekend. We're going to be back next week. A whole lot more guests, a lot more excitement, and everything you can imagine 
only on its last call. Last call with the alcohol, only on it is Blue Wire Hustle Network. Stay tuned for more great action coming up only on its Blue Wire Hustle Network.